Uh, no, I was just starting with what we were looking at here, that um, I, I myself had understood this oversimplification of history, kind of like how uh, yoga came out of India into China and became Qigong, because it was a simplified form for the monks to stay healthy, same as uh, karate, kata got simplified, just so more people could use it. So samurai became a modern interpretation of what back in the day was something called a bushi or a warrior. And me and the wife were talking about this as an interesting little aspect of history. <clears throat> and I learned something new as well. So a new game's coming out and it's kind of cool. I don't really play any of these games, but I love how it brings about a resurgence in a love of the actual history itself. So sadly, we're looking at another example of... Uh, a little bit of a whitewash of history here, or an oversimplification, and something I didn't even notice. So, of course, you know, I would have noticed them saying, oh, we are samurai, in the English version is a little bit awkward, but I didn't realize how incredibly awkward it, it was, because as he says, they wouldn't even refer to themselves as samurai, um, because they were the warrior uh, version. And again, he's explaining it in an oversimplified way. But he mentions how the kanji... Uh, originally what he calls an archaic, outdated um, meaning called mononofu, which he said was uh, even earlier hearkening back to this idea of warriors for the country. He said this is another meaning um, in the kanji. And then I was talking to the wife that I found, um, see, since I've studied the Yijing for 30 years, and I really did try to get a deeper understanding, but there's been really a lack of translation. And I didn't realize until, I don't know, when I say recently, it's within the last 10 or 15 years, that a lot of the meanings to the characters in the Chinese traditional language has been lost itself. And I had mentioned that I found it interesting that I had found great success in going back to the Japanese. Even though the Japanese language uh, evolved independent, um, arguably since uh, Buddhism was introduced, uh, you can still see because uh, Japan had a much more, um, I don't know, Japan seemed to have uh, kept uh, the traditional meanings of a lot of these characters and these traditions, these ideas, where in China because of, you know, I mean, arguably even just the Warring States period, a lot of lost and then because of the flooding of the yellow river uh the yellow river they say that you know caused a lot of their own history but if you go and look at uh the translations of the characters uh when i was looking at the yijing uh you, you don't get as rich and as a deep uh, an understanding but i did find that sometimes i would get uh an understanding uh, by looking at the Japanese. So here's another example where the Japanese do keep this idea um, that there were multiple, multiple meanings depending on context, right? So in this case, uh, the same kanji means warrior, bushi, but in the context of them, for example, standing up to in foreign invaders, uh, they become like warriors for... Um, the nation. And this made me realize that arguably Buddhism 
uh, has attributed in the growth of written language in such a way uh, that we could even attribute it Buddhism itself as being the educator of a large portion of the planet. And what I mean by that is, just think of India. It, it uh, I won't say much about Sanskrit because this is something that you can really get some people upset about, but some people believe that Sanskrit was um, an amalgamation of some earlier proto-languages of some sort, and some people believe it came in from outside of India. So, but let's look at Pali. Uh, Pali was definitely uh, put together from a number of regional languages with an intent to record Buddhism. But more importantly, with a goal to educate. And when um, the Mughals invaded India and squeezed it out into Sri Lanka and north into Tibet, both uh, developed a rich uh, written language uh, for this same reason. In Tibet, they developed their own written language. The Mongols asked the Tibetans to help them uh, develop their own written language, again, for Buddhism. In China, for many centuries, uh, Tibetans were the tutors because, again, this uh, written language, even though uh, the, the Chinese had their own written language, it was an idea of concepts. And arguably for a thousand years it remained in Tibetan as was found in a Taoist temple. Many thousands of Tibetan manuscripts had been saved, preserved because of that switch to Chinese. And uh, some concepts may have been uh, confused. Again, this is my opinion. But when you use one concept uh, to mean two, uh, I mean, sorry, one character to represent two concepts. That's why I argue that uh, a lot of this uh, specific terms we use, like um, sati sampajana or pratit samutpada, we don't use them to sound, you know, smart or oh, look what I've uh, saved. It's as simple as faith. I mean, I'm not saying, and what's funny is he does make a mention about, um, oh, sorry, no, I was going even further on this. So, yes, what I missed is besides this oversimplification for the West looking like, oh, they don't have this rich tradition. Uh, remember, these are people probably watching that want a deeper understanding of this stuff, right? Would want you to talk about how the original um, character meant Mononofu, which meant, you know, uh, warriors for the country, which is what they were considered. But I understood Bushi to be that. I didn't even know that the, there was this other meaning way back. So I think that's awesome. But what it also made me realize is when they keep saying honor, I mean, I should have known this because he's explaining and I never even noticed it. I don't watch a lot of Western uh, films. I watched... Um, what was that? The Last Samurai with uh, a Western actor and some Japanese. It was okay. Me and the wife watched it because it was awesome. It was an intro for her into my, some of the things that I really enjoyed uh, growing up. Uh, but I didn't watch a lot of Western. I was a really big fan of uh, Kurosawa, obviously. And I'm watching this gentleman do a video about um, Asian honor. And it was really quite surprising to see 
that in most Western films, they use the term honor over and over again, like dozens of times. And yes, because it's not something that's commonly discussed once or twice in a Kurosawa film or any other um, Japanese film. So maybe it's because I'd only watched a few Western samurai films <laughs> uh, that I didn't notice this and I never really gave it much thought. But he's 100% right. They keep talking about, oh, you've dishonored me, as opposed to all these other complex ideas that are present in the Yijing, the Book of Changes. So I should have been familiar with myself that, you know, it's another whitewash, as if an Asian cannot be a multidimensional character and, and understand, you know, embarrassment or uh, it's much more complicated and and they've just oversimplified it, and they're insulting both sides, right? You can either see it as a Westerner. I see it as a Westerner. I'm insulted to think uh, that they don't believe I have the ability uh, to understand something as complicated as uh, that there's a selfless desire in loyalty, but at the same time, they're driven like every other human being to do well individually, Right, but it's complicated because of the Buddhist ideal and and uh, Budo being uh, intrinsically tied to this emptiness again in the Shunyata ideal. Or, um, it becomes overly complicated, sure, but as I said before, when the majority of the audience watching this is interested more in the content, and it brings it to something recently, I had a someone mention. That Greek, uh, Greek, uh, Greece invented philosophy, uh, and it made me think of some of these sorts of whitewash of history. Because um, even before the Indian subcontinent, uh, philosophy was a thing in in Asia. So I found this interesting that even though in this last week. Um, I was shown the whitewash of history, this belief that philosophy comes out of Greece. But I myself never noticed that uh, there's an incredible oversimplification of the Asian characters, even in movies today. I mean, forget about, uh, I was uh, quite upset um, that about different older movies that you know, they have great, 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 uh, what should I say? I, they're great movies. I love them, but there's some some of them, of course, that have uh, poor depictions of, say, Asian characters. And I never realized that. I mean, they're still making movies today with absolutely terrible depictions of Asian characters. I just realized today that uh, a lot of people still need to learn that, for example, the philosophy wasn't born in Greece, right? But there's also even more people that need to realize, like, if we're going to deplatform uh, age, uh, a minority of one with Alec Guinness playing a Japanese man or um, Breakfast at Tiffany's with Mickey Rooney playing a Japanese man, um, we're going to eventually have to deplatform movies like The Last Samurai because they made the Japanese people into, you know, not one-dimensional, sure, because that would never have sold. But it's certainly not, I would say, even, uh, even 
human depiction. I mean, he's right. He goes over and, and talks a minimum of a dozen different values that were present in the Confucian uh, philosophy, which was based in the Yijing. But that's where their culture comes from, this idea of loyalty and service. But at the same time, there was an understanding of, and, and I actually noticed something new too, the character for filial piety is what I was getting at. Now, normally I'll mention emptiness, the character Wu can mean other things too, but let's just talk about filial piety for a moment. I think even in Asia, China particularly, this has become a misunderstanding. I think that was actually the equanimity translated over. Uh, because Buddhism is is never uh, done with explaining about, you know, someone might have been your parent or think of somebody was, you know, a family member. Equanimity doesn't end at home. Uh, but, as I said, it makes perfect sense that if the character that was originally used uh, meant filial, meaning family, uh, piety, or um, loyalty to one's family, respect and... Uh, service to it makes perfect sense they would use that and it's understandable how possibly over time it's no longer about uh, filial as in all of humanity uh, the other idea was hold on here. yeah no it's just a couple of little things that I noticed today in the last week like I said I had uh, someone who obviously is just being taught Greek philosophy and for some reason got the impression or was told that um, Greece invented philosophy when, you know, 500 years before that, uh, just a few hundred miles away and a couple uh, thousand miles beyond that, a thousand years before it. But I never realized uh, how much was either just you know, I mean, the idea of the samurai itself was uh, a romanticized, uh, a Japanese person's uh, romantic ideal of the history. Uh, and as I said, I learned a new meaning behind a character that you can spend your entire life believing means one thing and never realize it also means others. And like I said, I've spent my entire life understanding the Asian culture, but never once realized how poorly they're de depicted in the Western sense. And the reason why I mention it is, I'll just give you a little insight into what we're working on right now. We've been using the lamb rim for our daily meditations recently, which, like I've said before, I believe is a distillation of all of the Buddhist teachings. And we're using an app today, which arguably is the opposite. I mean, it's uh, the breathing and the focus but it doesn't talk about what and how uh, this is intended to eventually help. This is this uh, argument that we've talked about, that uh, if mindfulness is just paying attention, um, but not uh, with the guidance as to what you should be paying attention to, you kind of miss the message, right? So even I miss the message in both the samurai, right, uh, the idea that, yeah, warrior, but no, I mean, samurai itself in Japanese would mean both administrators and, as you said, layabouts, not just the warriors. So they would refer to themselves as bushi. And a lost meaning of mononofu, 
which, like he said, is incredible that they were to, you know, make sure to do that proper uh, research. And as I said, I never even realized that it's an insult on both sides that uh, they wouldn't bother depicting the Asian culture uh, as being as rich as I myself knew it was and never realized this idea of honor. You know, it, it can be considered, uh, oh, I, I don't know, it can be considered an insult on both sides, I guess. But uh, <laughs> I find that funny that I never realized that, she's uh, almost every depic depiction, uh, oh, it's funny. <laughs>